Good morning. Um, doing things a little different today. You know, my uh, my dad uh, passed away just a couple of weeks after I was privileged to become pastor here at Waynefleet BIC Church. And um, my dad and I uh, really enjoyed fishing through the years. I mean, ever since I was just a little kid. And uh, we've done deep sea fishing, tuna fishing, uh, lake fishing. We just really enjoyed it. And um, when my dad passed away, um, he, he made it possible uh, for us to buy a used boat, um, this boat. Uh, it's from Florida, an older gentleman had it and only used it a couple of months out of the winter. And so we were, we, we were just really thrilled to get this boat. And, um, and we've used it with our grandkids. Uh, we, we named it Memory Maker. That's the name of the boat. And we, we do the tubing out here on Lake Erie. And then Carol and I love to fish. <clears throat> this has a live well in it and, and just a lot of features that make it a great ski boat and a fishing boat. So it's just really been uh, awesome to be able to be out here on Lake Erie. And today it's just a beautiful day. And um, we're going to have to show you some pictures before this is over. We, we've got Nolan out here trying to record and uh, Julie Adams is in the water keeping the boat pointed in the right direction. I, I think when Jesus preached from the boat, I, I don't think he had all of that going on, right? But uh, there's a reason for that today. We're using Lake Erie as kind of a backdrop to tell the story uh, of uh, Jonah. And we just figured this is a great summer way to tell the story. And so the story of Jonah, this is part of our series, Long Story Short. And uh, we are telling stories from the, New, uh, from the Old Testament. We believe every single uh, story that we're sharing with you, we believe they're all true. They actually happened. And we think there's wonderful lessons that we can learn from it. And uh, I would say even relevant lessons for today in the season that we're in. Now, Jonah was a prophet, and he preached in Israel. We first hear from him over in 2 Kings chapter 14. And, um, and so he was actually uh, a prophet of God about 750 years before Jesus was born. And the story today has a lot of highs in it and it has a lot of lows in it. And what we see is that God comes to Jonah and he says, I want you to go to Nineveh and I want you to preach that I'm going to destroy the city in 40 days if they don't repent. And so when God called Jonah to go to Nineveh to preach, um, this thought really displeased Jonah. He did not want to do that. And so um, he decided he was going to run away from God. And that's where our story begins. We have this capital city of Nineveh, 120,000 people in it. Historians estimate probably somewhere around a million people in the surrounding areas. It was a huge city that had uh, eight miles of thick walls around it. And, um, and I would say that these folks were extremely wicked people. And they loved to kill. And now, not only did they love to kill, but what they did was unspeakable to their victims. They tortured them before they killed them. So God calls 
on Jonah to go preach repentance and warn them of God's dealing hand. And Jonah, he knew the Assyrians. He hated the Assyrians. And he did not want to go preach to them. He didn't want them to, to get right with God. And he wanted them to die without knowing God's mercy. Wow, can you imagine that? Uh, hating somebody so badly, you wouldn't even want them to know God's mercy and forgiveness. You know, we ought to stop ourselves at this point, And I think we ought to ask, uh, are there any individuals or people groups or ethnic groups or political groups that you you just assume they they made their bed now they need to lie in it and they're going to have to face God in judgment and and um, you would just assume that they didn't really um, find God's grace and forgiveness. I want you to think about it for a second. Do you feel that way towards anybody or any group of people? This is where Jonah was. And it's interesting that um, this, this place that, that he was in, he just, he said, I'm out of here. I'm going to run from the presence of the Lord. And he says in chapter 1 and verse 3, Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa. That would be the modern city of Jaffa today, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket, went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, this guy should know better because the Bible tells us in Psalm 139, whither shall I flee from your spirit? How can I flee from your presence? And the answer is we can't that God is with us. If you read Psalm 139, you see that God's with us when we sleep, when we travel. He's with us when we're born. He's with us before we're born. And, and so getting away from God's presence is absolutely important, impossible, I should say. So old Jonah was, was uh, you got to think about this. He, he didn't want to be a witness, but he was a witness anyway. And I, I just want to draw our attention to this thought. You and me, as believers, followers of Christ, um, we are witnesses, whether we want to be or not, and we are witnesses that are either drawing people to Jesus or we're pointing people away from Jesus by our actions and attitude and so forth. You know, that's a great question to ask ourselves this morning. Where would we find ourselves at this point in our life today? And this is what Jonah was dealing with. You know, sadly, Jonah was uh, in this downward move away from God. And, and he lost his ability to hear God. You ever thought about that in this story? He lost his ability to hear God speaking to him. So God had to get his attention. I'd much rather God be able to whisper to my heart or for God to be able to whisper to you and for us to be uh, all ears and listening but sometimes, uh, maybe our heart's not where it should be. Maybe, maybe, too, we are trying to get away from the presence of God. Maybe we find ourselves going in the opposite direction. This is where Jonah was. But I love this about God. God was not using a two-by-four on his servant Jonah, this disobedient servant. And some people think of, of God as a cosmic sheriff new sheriff in town, he's going to clean out the town. Or, or sometimes we think of God as even a violent father that you don't want to cross. 
And I think this story is a beautiful story of how much God loved Jonah and wanted to see him repent, wanted him to do what was right. Hey, mom and dad, think about this. Do you only love your kids when they're doing what's right? No. Even on their worst day, you still love them. Now, you may have to correct them. You may have to deal with them in discipline. But no, you love them. And God was the same way. He loved his servant, and he wanted his servant to, uh, to repent. But Jonah lost his desire to hear from God. He, he lost his desire to even speak to God. You ever been there? I have. Or Jonah, he turned away from God, and he went to sleep. I, I wonder how many times in our spiritual life, maybe we've been spiritually asleep. Maybe we find ourselves missing out on the adventure that God is calling us to because, uh, because maybe our will gets in the way or maybe our heart gets in the way. So chapter one ends with Jonah in the midst of a storm and all the sailors on the ship, they're scared to death and they're praying. And Jonah finally realizes this is God speaking. And he says, you're going to have to throw me overboard. Well, they didn't want to do that. These were good men. And they, they tried to bring the ship around. They couldn't. And finally, they threw Jonah overboard. And how interesting. The storm ceased. And these people left on that ship got a dose of who God was. And the Bible says that they began serving him. Well, what happened to Jonah? Well, he's out in the middle of the raging Mediterranean Sea. And... Um, and yet, even when he got mad and ran away from God, um, God never runs away from him. And you and I may try and get away from God, but God never, ever runs away from us. And so, what does he do? He sends a big fish. Now, I don't know what it was. Uh, I don't think it was a whale. But I, I've seen some uh, scuba diving. I've seen some very big fish at lower levels. Could have been a big grouper. Could have been who knows what what came and and swallowed him whole but something big enough to do that and so that's exactly what he did and the bible tells us in verse 17 that the lord had arranged i love that word he arranged a great fish to swallow jonah and jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights wow now let's think about this for a second all right a little perspective Three days and three nights in a short weekend camping trip in the summer, that time is, it goes by super fast, right? But three days and three nights in the belly of a great fish, I imagine it, it, couldn't, it couldn't go faster than what he was experiencing. What an awful place to be. But what an, what an, an amazing place to be because God was there even in the belly of that great fish. And you look at chapter two and there is this powerful story of repentance. He knows that God saved his life and he didn't have to. And Jonah in the, in the belly of this fish, the great attitude adjuster was this fish. And we see in chapter two, there's this moment of repentance. And, and it says in chapter two, um, Jonah's talking to God. Oh, Lord, my God, you snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. 
You know, I, I'm sure that the Heavenly Father was so pleased that his correction in Jonah's life was heeded. You know, correction and discipline is, is a positive work of God in our life. And if you go over to uh, Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 11, th this is what the uh, author of Hebrews says. Have you forgotten the encouraging words of God spoke to you as his children? My child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. Don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes each one he accepts as his child. A couple of verses later in verse 11. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained in this way. When our hearts are open, then God has the ability to speak and work and bring us to a place of correction. And it was meant to encourage Jonah. It wasn't meant to defeat him. It wasn't meant to beat him up. Uh, it truly was to help him set his mind and affection on God. Again, no two by four, just the love of God. Now, you may ask, how do I know uh, what is just life in this old broken world? Or how do I know if I'm being disciplined by God? For the follower of Jesus, you know when you're being disciplined by the Heavenly Father. You know it. Your spirit knows it. Uh, you know because God brings it to your mind. I told this story, I think, when I first came here. Uh, so some of you may not have heard it. But um, I had a 10-month span of time back when I was in my late 30s in between ministries. And I sold cars for a living. Uh, I loved it. It was a fun 10 months. I sold Dodge uh, trucks and uh, Chrysler products and just had a ball. In fact, God allowed me to be salesman of the month, nine out of the 10 months that I was there. And there's one month that I wasn't, and I'm gonna tell you why here in just a second. And um, so it was something I enjoyed doing. In fact, up to that time, probably the most money I'd ever made in my life. And, um, and enjoyed it. I used to go to work every morning. Rudy Weeb will like this. I used to go to work every morning and I'd say, God, I'm depending on you to bring me people who are ready, willing, and able to buy a car. And that was my prayer every day. And so, um, so I was in a hot streak one time. I mean, I could have read a telephone book to somebody and they were gonna buy that car. It was just an amazing streak. And uh, boy, I didn't want it to end. And we, we had a young man that uh, didn't have a dad. And, um, and I, I had promised him that I would take him to look at a Bible college. He was graduating from high school. And man, it was right in the middle of this streak. And I went to my boss, now, no shaming, this is confession time. I went to my boss and I said, you don't really want me to go out of town, do you? And he said, well, no, no, not really. I said, okay. And I went to the young man and I said, oh man, I, I can't take you. My, my boss wants me to work. And uh, he said, oh, okay, Uncle Pat. He said, I understand. The moment, the moment that that happened, the spigot turned off. I couldn't give a car away. I couldn't pay somebody to buy the car. It, it ended as fast as it came. And I remember being dejected with Carol one day and and she was trying to cheer me up. She said, come on, this is sales and there's, there's, 
there's ups and downs. I said, no, no, you don't understand. And I told her the story and she said, pat hand. Oh my goodness. Uh, I certainly understood what was happening. And I just apologized to the Lord and made that trip with that young man who went on to uh, Bible college and serving the Lord. I knew I was being disciplined and he got me where it counted. And yet I knew that God lovingly did that. And I was so, so grateful for God's hand in my life. And the great lesson that I've learned and been able to share with others. Discipline is not fun, but I'm grateful for the lessons that were learned. And that's what's going on here with Jonah. So Jonah repents and, and God has the great fish spit him out on the beach. And uh, this is where the story, um, let me help you out here a little bit. You know, we hear the story of Jonah and he's got fish guts all over him and maybe his, his skin's a little mottled from being in the belly of the whale and he goes into Nineveh. Nope, that's not what happened. He was spit out on the shore of Israel. Nineveh is nowhere near the Mediterranean Sea. He had to walk across Israel 500 miles to get to Nineveh. So obviously he had time to rest and take a shower and maybe recover from those three days. The point is he hightailed it and went to Nineveh and that's where, that's where he preached. These, these 120,000 people in and around the city plus around a million people that lived surrounding the area at that time. Um, he preached repentance, 40 days. God has given you 40 days to repent or he's gonna destroy the city. And he preached repentance. He preached the mercy of God to a people that he was prejudiced against. This was a very unworthy vessel, this Jonah guy, but God used him to bring great revival. And may I just say, if God can use an angry old uh, prejudicial, non-loving old prophet here in chapter three to preach God's love, then friend, he can use you and me to preach God's love uh, all around us with our family, people we work with, go to school with, neighbors. God can use us. We can be his tool. We can be the tool on his tool belt. You see, that's what God longs out of you and me. He wants us to make ourselves available. And when we make ourselves available, we become a tool in the hand of the master. And God can use us in, in wonderful ways with people in situations. And I, I just wanna remind you again, God didn't have a two by four, but he got his servant Jonah to the place where he did exactly what the Lord had called him to do. And can I tell you, when God cleanses us and when God uses us for his glory and for his kingdom, great things can happen. And I wanna invite you this morning, right where you are, just right now in the course of this message to just simply say, God, I'm your man. I'm your woman. Hey, I'm, I'm your son. I'm your daughter. I yield my life to you right now. Just, just let the Lord know that. Don't be a Jonah. Don't be running away from God. Be running toward him at all times in your life. And, um,
Nineveh repents. Can you believe that? Um, and by the way, this wasn't the non-apology apology. Oh God, if I have sinned against you. No, 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 no. These people were specific. Even the king. They put on sackcloth and ashes. They prayed. The, the king put out a letter to all those around him urging them to repent like he was repenting. He set the example. Man, this is a beautiful story of, of just amazing of submitting to God and repenting of sin. And I'll tell you, this really grips my heart as I think of this part of the story, that right here in Canada, oh man, do we ever need to see that kind of work of the Holy Spirit going on in the lives of Canadians and, and in your home and my home in your life and my life um, our churches we need revival we we need the same type of sackcloth and ashes attitude that oh god i don't want to sin against you i don't want to disappoint you i don't want to run from where you want me to go i want to run right into your arms those those are the things that god longs to hear and that is exactly what needs to happen in canada here in the Niagara region, right here at Waynefleet BIC Church. Can I just say, beginning with this pastor, we need revival like that. And I wonder if we shouldn't be praying for that. Oh God, would you bring a revival? Would you bring a refreshing? Would you bring your spirit of conviction? Lord, would you love us with your mercy and grace and forgiveness? Soften our hearts. Oh my. You and I begin praying like that for our region and for our family and for our church and for our community. There is no telling what God will do. If he can reach into Nineveh, these murderers, the, these uh, uh, barbarians, the, these folks who had no regard for God at all. If God can reach into Nineveh and bring about a king and sackcloth and ashes, he can do a work in your life and my life. And so he repents. And can I tell you, not only did they get 40 days, they actually got another 150 years before Nineveh was destroyed. Uh, that is an amazing story. I wish I could say the end, happy ending, but it doesn't uh, give us a happy ending in the book of Jonah. And uh, sadly, Jonah goes outside the city after he preaches. He finds a place to get a good seat he got his popcorn, he got his drink, and he was, he was on the front row waiting for God to destroy Nineveh, waiting for them to suffer at God's hands. And he was so disappointed when they repented. Oh, that is so sad. Get this. In chapter 4 and verse 2, this is Jonah talking to God. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you're a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry, filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. Again, God didn't use a two by four, but directly says to him, is it right for you to be angry about this. Wow. Jonah was disappointed in God's love for the lost. 
Is this even possible? And the answer is yes, it is possible. Is there anybody in your life that you just particularly want God to zap them? They've hurt you. They've taken from you. They've done something to you. Is there somebody that you you just want God to rub their nose in their mistakes? That would be so fitting for them. We find ourselves in that place sometimes, don't we? You want God to pay them back in spades for how they hurt you or how they treated you or what they did. When really, it's not so much them we should be worried about, it's ourselves that we would even have that type of attitude or situation. I want to encourage you today. Let's learn from Jonah's cold heart. And, and I want to invite you and me to, to, to take God's heart and, and for to take it to all people, for us to, to love people like he does. And I want to invite you to, to love the people in this broken old world. I, I just want to urge you today to, to look at people the way God does, not by race, not by nationality, not by their religion or lack thereof, not by their gender, not by their education or perhaps lack of it, not by their lifestyle choices, not by their mistakes, but to look at them the way God does and that God sees a living, breathing soul <clears throat> that needs him. And, and that we should look at them the way that God does, that God loves them so much that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. As we conclude this morning, <clears throat> let's learn from the life of Jonah, the great things that he did. He opened up his heart. He, he did obey God after running from him. But let's also learn from Jonah that we love God and should see people the way he does, the way God does. And I, I just wanna encourage you today that God wants to use you right where you are this week. He wants you to be his hands and his feet and his heart. And that God wants to work through you to reach others. The story of Jonah, what a great story of highs and lows. May we learn from it and may God use us to reach others. Hey, thanks for being a part of this today. And I want you to know you are loved.